Welcome to Bethel Cleveland's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information on this podcast and other resources, please go to BethelCleveland.com. The wisdom of God has been on my mind that in this time right now, like no other time, we need God's wisdom. I mean, I love the fact that there's some good earthly wisdom. I know the Bible says in James that earthly wisdom is you know, central and, 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 and every evil thing exists. It goes on. But it's talking about a certain capacity of it. But there is earthly wisdom that's based on Judeo-Christian values. You know, freedom is a value that is not natural to the world. It's, that's a God thing. And so that's why slavery is so horrendous. And the trafficking that goes on today is, is horrible. And what's going on in, in Afghanistan right now? And I mean, we've got people on the ground there from Ohio related to this church that we're supporting, that even yesterday got an entire family out there getting Christian Afghans out of Afghanistan right now, right now, Afghanistan, and we're helping pay for that. And uh, this is a a great pastor that I know here in Ohio that has history in Pakistan and Afghanistan, and I can't tell you all the details, but you're going to hear more and more about it. They're one of the only ones on that particular border area to get people out. Afghans are getting out because they're on a list, uh, Christian Afghans, and uh, they need to get out or they will be tortured and, and killed. And that's already happening. So uh, Kabul, by the way, uh, has not lost all of its Christians. I know that was going around the internet this week. It's not true. We know people there and, and they're still there. And there's a lot of other Christians that are there. They're in safe places. Uh, hiding, but we're starting to get them out right now, a number of them into another nation uh, where there's other safe houses. And we are, uh, for that to happen, you have to have money. So we just got a commitment of $10,000 yesterday as matching funds that if we raise 10, we get that, we get that other 10. So that's $20,000. That is literally buying people out of death. And what the Afghans that are coming out, they don't want to come to the U.S., you know, there's a lot of judgment right now toward Afghans because, oh my gosh, they're all going to come to the U.S. You know, the Christians do not want to come. The Christians want to stay there so that when things clear up, they feel there's going to be a shift. They're going to go back in. But they need money right now. They need a situation. These are hardy people. I mean, Robbie Dawkins, who many of you know, uh, he's connected with the guy here in Ohio that we're connected with. Robbie, uh, he, he said to me the other day, he said, uh, I'd rather take uh, one Afghan woman in the streets with me to minister than 10 Afghan men. He said, the Afghan women are on fire for Jesus. He said, they, they go, I mean, I mean, these are women. There was, there was, did you know in Afghanistan, there was like 60 women judges and they're fleeing for their life right now because the Taliban is after them. But, but that's how much shift has taken place in Afghanistan culturally. And so you look at it right now, you go, oh, why are we involved in there? Why? I mean, there's been so many decisions. And with all due respect to the U.S. government, military, and everyone else, there's been a lot, of, a lot of mistakes here in the past month, a lot of trouble that's actually cost people's lives, including the 13 that were lost in that explosion last week. So we all, we all feel a dread for that. But I, I bring that up not to discourage people, but to say, this is a time we need the wisdom of God. And how do you get that wisdom of God? Let's look just for a few minutes here in Scripture. I want to read a couple of verses to you. Why Bethel Cleveland needs the wisdom of the Lord. 
of course the whole Christian world needs it, but hey, this is who we have responsibility for here. By the way, the other thing I felt the Lord was speaking to me this week, I might touch on it more next week uh, because of time. Uh, Brunswick end here where the Holy Spirit moved and we went late over there and that's another part of why I was a little late here, but um, is the power of instruction. When I come up, the reason this is important, it's not like, oh, we go on Sunday morning, we do the thing, you know, we worship for a little while and then we hear some funny announcements or something and then and then, and someone preaches things I, I really already know, you know. Well, what happens is there's something powerful in instruction. So much so that in every epistle in the New Testament, I just checked this out yesterday, every epistle in the New Testament, they, they talk about the various things of who Jesus is, the mystery of the heavens and the kingdom of God and Jesus and his Holy Spirit, the Father's love. I mean, powerful theological things. They always boil down toward the end. Some start a little bit earlier, some a little later. They boil down the practicalities of life. How do you get along with your husband? You know, what do you do with your children? How do you keep them from being bitter? How, many, how, how to build up better children, you know, that love God? Things like that. I mean, it's like all this stuff, we love all that, but it's got to work on Monday morning. It's got to work. I need to go to work and know the life I should live. So what we do is we instruct from the Word of God. The Word of God is powerful when you hear it. The Bible says, how are they going to hear unless, unless the Word is spoken? And how, how will the Word be spoken unless... Unless someone is sent. I think it says that in, was that Romans or Hebrews? I forget. Romans, yeah. And how can they be sent unless we send them? I mean, it's, it's this whole process like we've got to get instruction. Instruction is not like, no, you better do this. That's what we're used to. Instruction is about building constructs of thought in our soul. It's the construction of your soul. And so instruction is important. And there is an earthly basis to instruction. There are things you can learn to create a better life here on earth. There's millions of books that have been written on this, you know. Do this, do that, you're going to be a millionaire, you're going to have a successful marriage or whatever it might be, you know. And we love that. And there's, there's actually good truth to that. I mean, Brene Brown, there's all kinds of people that have been teaching in the recent years out of, out of books that are quote-unquote secular type books, and, and they change people's lives. I've got a daughter who's just rocking it on the internet. I mean, she helps women build six-figure incomes. I mean, she's got testimony after testimony of, of this happening. And, and she's not saying, hey, in the scripture it says this, but she's using principles that are principles of wisdom. And these women are attaching to it and they're growing wealth from it, but it's not just so much about growing wealth. It's about being lifted out of poverty. Women that, some are single moms with kids and everything, and, and who knows where the dad is, and They've got a business idea, but it's, it's just, you know, it's kind of a, a side hustle. It's not really, she takes a side hustle and creates a, an income that they can not only live, but prosper by. I look at that and I think that is the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus would do in different ways. The Sermon on the Mount is an instruction for life. And so as we begin to speak about things I would encourage you to open your heart to draw it in. Obviously, if I'm speaking heresy or something, you weigh it according to scripture. But generally speaking, uh, we're sharing the word of God here and we're talking about Jesus and we, we understand we're not perfect, but here is what we've learned. I mean, so much of my life has been uh, blessed by, by learning through instruction and wisdom. You know, I got out of high school a year early because I hated classroom situations. I did. 
I, I, I mean, it was, you know, I was a hippie. I just, uh, it's just like, I don't know, you know, I, just wanna, I need to be somewhere else. I need to get at what I'm going to do, you know, and my thought was to go and work in a factory. My father wanted me to be a lawyer, you know, he was going to send me to school, but I just, I wanted to get out in life, and I wasn't really concerned about all these things, and, and uh, I graduated a year early. I, 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 I tell people I was number five in my class when I graduated, because I graduated during the summer of 74, and there were five people in my class. We all graduated. <laughs> and I was number five. So, but they, you know, it's a good thing to say, you know, when I'm out there, uh, fifth in my class. So I was number five out of five. And uh, it's odd because I got out of there and I thought, I am never going back to school. I ended up going seven more years through get, to get my bachelor's degree and my master's degree, you know. And so it just shows you the wisdom of the Lord, the plan of the Lord can sometimes be very different. He had a long-term view of my life. And I, I had a different view. We were, I was heading to a different destination than where he was going. But through instruction, I found a teacher. Actually, I had two teachers in my life that shaped my life. I don't think either one of them were believers. But they should want, and they were, they were both history uh, teachers. So I, I, got, I fell in love with history, started to pursue that. But here's my, here's my point in this, is that the, the things we say in other people's lives can shape them and create earthly success or blessing and also secure for them eternal understanding of who they are and where they're going. So early on in my 20s, you know, I tapped into, uh, uh, I forget his name right now. Uh, he was the finance guy, uh, Christian Finance. Larry Bacat. Yeah, I talked to him. I talk about him periodically. Talk about him. I don't talk to him. He's, he's passed away, but I... But he inspired a guy named Dave Ramsey, which we have a class on Wednesday night that is amazing. But I took the principles and I started following them in my mid-20s. And I, 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 I fasted my finances. I just said, I'm going to live this way, regardless of what I make. And it was easy back then because I really didn't make much. I thought, my oh, God, this is really what I But I learned how to save. I learned how to invest. I learned how to tithe properly, you know, and really give. And, you know, and then and live on the rest. And, uh, you know, for the, a big chunk of my life, I lived a very restricted life. I still do, actually, a very restricted life. But I understood the principles, and I understood uh, monthly dollar cost averaging. Dollar cost averaging is regularly, there's such a spiritual principle to this. It's a very Jewish pr principle, that by giving consistently, whether things are going well or bad, in the long haul, you can become very wealthy from that. Even if you don't have much money to give, it's called compound interest. And over time, it'll be ups and downs. And trust me, in 08, there was a lot of downs. When the economy went south and 40% of everything I had was gone in a moment, you know. It's like, I, that, that's, a, that's a roller coaster ride that you don't want to ride. But, but you get used to it because you realize it's going to come back. So it's, it's trust in God. And there's also trust in the American economy that it's, you look over 70, 80 years, what it's done. So what is that? You're, you're, you're gaining insight. You're gaining instruction. You're gaining what could be viewed as earthly wisdom, but it's also kingdom wisdom. It's, it's what Jesus would, in fact, when you read the Beatitudes, you learn and understand all these things. So there's things you can learn. This is, this is what I'm getting at here. That can get you into a different position in life. You can change your life by the power of the Holy Spirit in practical ways 
by receiving instruction in your life. I've got uh, probably five mentors in my life. One of them has been a mentor for 25 years. He actually built my house that I live in. And uh, he's, he's my financial mentor. I listen to him. He's got great wisdom. He talks a lot. He's got great wisdom. And, uh, and I draw from that, and I use that, but there's other guys I talk to and ladies that I talk to also. The point is, is that we're always in a place of instruction. Scripture I wanted to use, I actually quoted the past two weeks. I'm going to tell you this one. Go to one more verse, and, and then I want to give you some instruction. That's why I'm building up to this. The one I read a couple weeks ago was Ephesians 3.10, which talks about the intent that the manifold wisdom of God. Remember that? I referred to it several times over the past couple weeks. That the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. That's us. We have a responsibility to be wise. And how do you get that? Well, it's like I said before. You spend time in his presence, you can actually get wisdom in the presence of God. That's why we worship on Sunday, one of the reasons. You were transfigured, transformed. Your way of thinking most of our problems is we think wrong. When your thinking gets put bad, my daughter, my daughter, that's really, that's the core of what she shares. She gets rid of wrong thinking. The thinking is your prison that keeps you where you are. But when you start thinking different, and the kingdom of God is different. When you start thinking different, that if I give now, I'm going to end up with more than what I initially started with. Math does not agree with that. You know, five minus one will give you six. No, five plus one. But so you learn over time, like, that's why it's, God loves a cheerful giver because he knows what's coming to you. As you sow, give, and it shall be given unto you, pressed down. I love how the, how the gospels wrote, wrote this, how Jesus spoke. Pressed down, shaken together, and running. In other words, as much as you can fit, I'm going to fit into you and more. It's going to overflow. So you just give a portion because of that heart of generosity. It turns the switch on in heaven. And all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. I got a picture out in Brunswick during worship about, you know, those big shoots they put on the side of big industrial buildings that they're tearing out inside, you know. And so they, you're on the third floor or something. And they're putting all this junk in the chute. And I, it just goes down there right into this big garbage bin that's down the bottom, you know. That came to me during worship this morning. And the Lord says, there's shoots from heaven. And I thought, all right, well, here, here's a good garbage bin right here. Bring that shoot over, you know. There's, there's downloads from heaven. The Lord wants to bring you. What is the key that unlocks that? It's kingdom principles. When you begin to do what Jesus said to do, whatever your motives are, maybe your motives are just to have a happier life. That's a good thing. But there's a whole lot more that comes with that, pressed down, shaken together, and running over into your life. Your life is about to change. My dad, when I, was, when I was young and I was getting involved in stuff, his way of encouraging me is he would say, you better be careful. You just might get rich. That's what he'd say. And I joke. You know, I thought, well, that's kind of funny. But, it, but he, he was true. And what he was saying, he was affirming my right decisions. He was saying, you better watch, man. This is le-. It was all in jest, you know. This is going to lead you in a path like that. And he knew well. God had really blessed him during his lifetime in so many ways. The, the most magnificent was salvation in Jesus Christ when he was 46 years old, you know, and God just turned his life around. 
So we read about the manifold wisdom of God from the church, and it says this, that, to the, that the church might make known, basically, let's just call this the world, principalities, those are ruling governors, and powers in heavenly places. I was talking with Chris Vallotton this week, who's going to be the key speaker at our conference just two weeks from now. And if you're not signed up, sign up. We're going to have a party. It's going to be great. We're going to prophesy over people. We're going to have amazing worship time. We're, I mean, there's some, we've got some good surprises there. Brian Simmons will be here with the Passion Translation, one of my favorite translations. I love it. But Chris talked to me this week. We're talking about just making decisions and how hard it is right now and how many there are right now. I mean, are you going to get the vaccine? You're not going to get the vaccine. You're going to get Moderna. You're going to get Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson. Probably not Johnson & Johnson, but Johnson & Johnson or, or something else. Or you're not going to do it, you know. And if you're not, you're going to wear your mask to work. Are you going to allow yourself to be fired? Because I mean, everyone's going through this, this bounty of decisions right now all over the place. And the need for the wisdom of God to know how to navigate through this season is very personal and very individual. You could talk to 100 people and get 100 different opinions. So somewhere you've got to come down to you and say, what is the Lord speaking to me? What is the wisdom of God? The Lord says that the church should be the one that is preaching, exhibiting, and prospering by wisdom. They are to show the world, this is how you do it. So Chris told me, he said, we just need to get, he said, need to learn how to make decisions. He said it used to be that he'd make two decisions a year where he'd walk away, and he runs a huge organization, multi-millions of dollars. He'd make two decisions a year where he'd walk away and say, I hope I made the right decision there. He said, now I'm having to make two a week where I walk away and say, I hope I made the right decision. There's something in the air right now, spirit of confusion, whatever it might be, where people are having a hard time making key decisions in their life. And sometimes, sometimes they're not, and it can be a detriment to their health in some way, or to their finances, or to their relationships, or whatever. There's great fear upon the church right now. It is not the destiny of the Lord Jesus Christ for the church to be in fear. The Bible says fear has torment. It's time to make decisions. What if it's the wrong one? Well, you'll, you'll mitigate it, you'll alter it, you'll shift it, you'll figure it out. In fact, Chris Valentin said, if you make the wrong decision, he said, you will probably be hindered by the Holy Spirit in that decision. He will move you a different direction. Like the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts, where he tried to go to Bithynia, was it Bithynia and Mycenae? And he said, the Bible says he was hindered by the Holy Spirit. He was moving and the Holy Spirit steered him. No, not here. Okay, get him over here. No, not here. And then he ends up in Troas. Troas, he has a trance. In the trance, these ladies from Macedonia say, Paul, come over here. Paul, come over here. So he gets on a ship and he goes there. That's being led by the Holy Spirit. This is not a perfect science. I know what I'm going to do and I know where I'm going to go. I'm going to make a decision. I'm traveling to Bithynia. But hey, the Holy Spirit, my, my donkey died. I can't go to Bithynia. So I go over this way. I head to Mycia. Actually, Bithynia was here and Mycia was there, but you know what I'm talking about. Go to Mycia. So you're being led of the Holy Spirit. Take the fear out of the decisions right now and realize that as a son and daughter of God, you have the seeds of the manifold wisdom of God in you. Amen. And out there, they need wisdom. The decisions that have been made by our government in the past month were not wise decisions. We're feeling the weight of it right now. We're feeling the effect of it worldwide. 
You say, well, what decision were you? I don't know. I'm not in that role. I just, I just know that they made a big. They made some choices that were that were not good that caused great difficulty in the United States and actually people that died as a result. How would you like your decisions to weigh on whether people are going to live or die? And that's what they're faced with right now. And at this point in history, there's a lot of confusion at the top end. If you believe what's being written behind the scenes, it's like, they've got problems up there. You know what they need? They need a believer. I'm sure there's some in there. We need to pray for them. And say that God would give them the Esther anointing. God would give them a Nehemiah anointing. God would give them a Joseph anointing. Even though they are a cupbearer and may not have a huge influence, even in Nehemiah, when the king saw that his face was changed, he said, what's wrong with you today? Why are you, why are you down in your countenance? And Nehemiah, I loved it. He was a believer, a follower of Jehovah. He had been thinking about what he would do if the king ever asked him that. And he didn't go, I don't know. I'm just having a bad day. Actually, they believed that he had been mourning for three months, weeping over the walls that had been broken down and burned in Jerusalem. He wanted his hometown restored. He felt it deep inside. He knew asking the wrong question to the king, he could get his head cut off. But anyway, when the king saw that he was down, he spoke up and said, the walls of Jerusalem are broken down. King says, what do you want to do? I want to go build the walls. There's no evidence that he was a wall builder. He was a cupbearer. He ate the food and drank the drink of the king. He was the canary in the coal mine. If he died, then the king didn't drink it or didn't eat it. That was his job. To go back and build walls, did he have any history with that? No, but he was a believer with the manifold wisdom of God. And then the king said, well, what are you going to need? He didn't go, well, I don't know. I've never done this before. Maybe you've got some suggestions. <laughs> no, he didn't do that. King said, he said, I'm going to need timber from Lebanon. I'm going to need a writ of authority to go everywhere I go because you couldn't travel more than 30 miles at a time in those days without being stopped and needing to show papers of some sort. He knew exactly. He had been thinking about this three months. He had waited for the opportunity. He was a man filled with wisdom, ready to restore something in Jerusalem. And when the time came, he didn't freeze. When the time came, he rose up. This is what we need to do. This is how long it's going to take. This is what I need to get there. And we're going to rebuild that. You know what the king said? Go for it. Do it. Any one of those times if he was not ready, believers right now can't be in a place, I don't know what to do. I don't know the vaccine. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know about critical race theory. I don't think I agree with it, but should it be in the schools? Do I even really have a voice? I mean, if we are in that place, we are in the days of the dissolving of this beautiful country that we've known. These are the last days of America. But if believers everywhere in this country begin to stand up, not with an attitude, but with gratitude and a solution for a situation and speak something that is going to be foreign to their ears because they have not been soaking in the presence of God and in the word of God. I love this in the word that we're supposed to be the ones to teach the principalities and powers. And then verse 12 says this, I close with this. In whom we have boldness, access, with confidence through faith in him. Let me just tell you right now, I prophesy over you, God's about to open doors in your life to speak up. You got to decide now, are you going to speak up or not? By the way, it wasn't just for this side, it's for this side too. You, you got doors coming. And when it comes in that moment, you can't just be like, I don't know. Now 
You begin to think, you begin to see at a different level, you know what I would do if I was in this situation. Even though it's way above your spiritual, emotional, mental pay grade. Thank God in the kingdom of God, we do not have to have an eye, a high IQ. Or I'd have real problems, you know. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, you know. But, I, but with the spirit of God, I can come up with some pretty good ideas. From what I understand in the word and how it's shaped my mind, you know, my mind has been shaped by a two-edged sword that's come in and separated my thoughts and taught me how to understand the things of Jesus. Why? Because I'm learning of him. I'm learning his way. Where, is, where are the Christians full of wisdom in the body of Christ in America? I'd like to think they're right here in Middleburg. <laughs> so God's got you in a place right now. And he's going to open a door. And when he does, be ready. What would Jesus say in this situation? What would John, what would Joseph, what would Nehemiah, what would Esther, what would Deborah say? What would Mary say in this situation? And it's going to open major doors for you. Let's all stand if you could. Sorry, I ran over. I got off the wrong exit. <laughs> okay. One last verse I want to read. I like what Dave Ramsey said this week, something like this in a video. He said, you know, if you don't like to learn from other people, that's just stupid. <laughs> He's so blunt. He said, it's affecting you. Learn from other people. Make your own mistakes or learn from other mistakes. I prefer learning from others. So it says here in scripture, it says, get wisdom. This is Proverbs 4. Get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her. I love that wisdom is a her. It makes a lot of sense. All the women in my life are wise. You know, they tell me what to say. They tell me where to go many times. They tell me what to wear. You're not wearing that, right? No, no, no. I was just wearing this from, you know, the bedroom to the door. And then I was going to go back and change. It says this, she, if you love her wisdom, she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. This is instruction. You remember what instruction is? It's constructs of your soul. As I'm speaking right now, your soul, if you're moving in faith, is shifting. You're feeling a different roof and a different door and a different window in your soul. The construct is getting stronger. You're building on a rock and not on sand. You're getting confidence. You're getting boldness to actually break through, speak up, raise your hand, give an opinion, give a thought, solve a problem. Exalt her, she will promote you. She'll bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory that she will deliver to you. Man, there's so many verses I'd love to read. I, just, I don't have time, but I'll get to it next week. Okay, now let me read this to you. This is my instruction for you today. This is what I got when I was praying this week, and I felt I was supposed to do it this way. These are things to keep in mind as we come together in his presence in this season we're in. Number one, you're going to get through this. Every one of you is going to get through this. Don't give up. We're going to get on the other side of this. You will be stronger 
on the other side. Did you know that? You'll be stronger. Dreams have already been mailed to you and await delivery to you. Some things are being held up right now, spiritual warfare, like in Daniel, but it will eventually get to you. Don't give up. And finally, you have what it takes to get where he wants to take you. <laughs> Think about that. You have what it takes to get where he wants to take you. You are living in a moment of history of great confusion. Many are in the valleys of decision. You will choose right in the midst of this. Now here's my final instruction bites at the end. Here's my recommendation. Just like an epistle in the Bible. This is what you need to do right now. Some of these things. Get yourself healthy. Get yourself healthy. Get a passport. Expand yourself in understanding. Make friends. Get out of debt. Live within your means. Fall in love. I've already done that. Read some good books. Read something that will last. No, build something that will last beyond you. Learn a skill. Become friendly. Share Jesus. Be a light. Travel outside your comfort zone. Travel is one of the most trans transformational things I've ever experienced. Make your house a home. Practice forgiving quickly. Amen. Create a sacred space where just you go. Let yourself become inspired. Remove barriers in your minds. Well, I've always thought this way. I don't like onions. Eat some onions. <laughs> Speak to encourage. Stay flexible in small things. Become prophetic. I like that one. Think more. Speak less. Read the Bible. Pray without ceasing. Live with gusto. I don't know why that word came to me. I don't use it often, but I like it. Live with gusto. Carry hope. The Bible says in James 1, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to them. So what are we going to do? Hold out your palms up right now as if you're getting ready to receive something, because you are. And after I dismiss in a moment, if you need ministry, come up front. I know we went a little late. Sorry about that. I'll keep an eye on that next week. <laughs> you're holding your hands up right now like you're ready to receive. And Lord, I ask for wisdom to come upon us, Lord. Wisdom from what we're facing right down to the micro challenges of what each person individually customized in their life they're facing. I pray, Lord, for solutions and the boldness to speak them. To say, this is the way, walk ye in it. Dreams, meditations, experiences that will form strength in each person in this room. And I pray, Lord, out of this church, Middleburg Heights specifically, wisdom will become a strength in this building. 
And that, Lord, you'd cause us to navigate into this next phase of growth, maturity, and strengthening of this local body of Jesus Christ. We bless that in Jesus' name.